So back to your <clears throat> believing what the politicians and what the people tell us. Exactly. I, I can't believe anything they I say. can't. I can't believe anything. Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth, the show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. Hi. This is the David Allen Show. And... Welcome, how are you? Good. <laughs> David's in studio again. Uh, shockingly, this is a Monday morning podcast, which, did, have we ever done this? I don't think so. I don't, I don't yeah, think we've don't ever think done a Monday morning show. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it's never too late, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the, 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 the breaking news that's all over the interweb and the world, apparently, in the world of politics, is we're 40, what, 43 days out from the election or yeah. so, somewhere in that range. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. That of all people that are uh, deserving this, this here in our country, me which is everybody, everybody's deserving of safety and prosperity and justice. So listen, let this moment radicalize you. Let this moment really put everything into stark focus. Oh, I forgot. Because this election. I'm about to break it down. Wiki, wiki. Here we go. Action has always been about the fight. So let's leave it all on the field. But um, hey, I'll see you the week, everybody. If Mitch McConnell is not going to honor RBG's final wish, we will. We will. And we have to. Right? How? Radicalize. So what does that mean? Bombings? Is she advocating violence? Yep. That's AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the uh, Instagram, I think. Oh, that was Instagram? I think so. Oh. So, it, I mean, is she calling for bombings in the streets? Oh, I think, yeah, if that's what it takes. These these people, there is no mitigating influence in their life. Mm. So there's nothing that says that you're going too far because the ends justify the means. Ah, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as the end result is what they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at Portland. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the Washington Post, and this is getting away from AOC now, uh, which is a shame, but uh, <laughs> this from yesterday. Uh, today is September 21, by the way. Voters who do not want to be ruled by unelected judges want... President Trump to nominate and the Republican Senate to confirm the next Supreme Court justice. If Democrats deploy outrageous delaying tactics such as conducting a sham impeachment, Speaker Pelosi re simply replied, we have our options when asked about the possibility by ABC's George Stephanopoulos. Steph. On Sunday, the Republican Senate majority should simply dispense with hearings and hold a vote. 
History favors presidents filling such slots when their party controls the Senate. That Democrats are that Democrats are upset Trump gets to make another appointment to the court doesn't change history or amend the Constitution. The charge that Trump, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Lindsey O. Graham, Chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, are acting with extreme ruthlessness and hypocrisy given their decision not to consider a Democratic president's nominees in advance of the 2016 election is particularly amusing. Democrats now, or Democrats know how to use power when they have it. Then Majority Leader Harry M. Reid dingy Harry Reid as Rush calls him uh, simply changed the Senate rules in 2013 when he wanted to jam President Barack Obama's nominees into the D.C. Circuit cries of fear over a rapidly spreading fire don't count for much when it's the arsonists doing the screaming on Saturday on MSNBC's Politics Nation former Attorney General Eric Holder called on Democrats to add seats to the Supreme Court yeah which has been fixed at nine since 1869. If this one seat is filled by Trump and the Senate GOP, court packing would be a fundamental assault on the stability of the republic, the sort of radical proposal that should make independent and moderate voters step back and shake their heads at what Trump derangement syndrome has done to the Democratic Party. It is not only... It is, sorry, it is not the only radical proposal being pursued by many Democrats. The Green New Deal is an unhinged mess of slogans and creating states from the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico to add senators would be extreme steps on their own, as is the push for a national popular vote interstate compact to overturn the Electoral College. Of course, Democrats would have to end the Senate's legislative filibuster to do these things, but that's on the radicals' agenda, too. None of these compares with packing the Supreme Court, however, which has only been proposed by a president once, FDR, in 1937. And his own party recoiled from it. No person is safe from the law when the law becomes an elast as elastic as a packed court. Raise the number of justices to, say, 15 by adding six liberals? When the GOP returns to power, it would add another gaggle, and eventually the court would reach into the dozens. The seesaw rocking of the country's politics would only grow more violent. Yet, Beltway Democrats are so hungry for power, they are rushing to embrace this poison pill for the Republic. So, the real extremists have D behind their names, and many of them held all of these views before Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. The attempt to apply the label of hypocrite and to hide the fact that the Democrats are pursuing an extremist agenda is abetted by blue-check blue Twitter addicts and the mainstream media. Those suffering from TDS have rallied to their latest anti-conservative cause of denying Trump his third justice. Nothing else matters. Not stability, not the Constitution, not the rule of law, just beating Trump. The names most often heard on Trump's shortlist are all federal judges. Amy Coney Barrett, Allison Ede, Barbara Lagoa, Joan Larson, and Allison Jones Rushing. All are superbly qualified. Politically, Larson does the most for Trump, offering a momentum in her home state of Michigan, and not just for Trump, but also for the Senate campaign of John James. 
the African-American West Pointer and former Army officer who is battling incumbent Democrat Gary Peters. Larson may also help a bit in Iowa, where she was born, but Michigan is where she won a statewide Supreme Court race before being confirmed to the federal bench. Larson has vast charisma, sparkle, one of the federal judge friends put it to me, and Democrats attacking her will be attacking every suburban mom who also works outside of the home. Many favor Lagoa, as she would be the first Cuban-American on the court and is the daughter of exiles fleeing communism. Lagoa would help rally Florida to the Trump column. Like Larson, she would win any televised battle with the Judiciary Committee's left wing. But the point is, they are all qualified. The Constitution gives the president the power to nominate, the Republicans have the Senate majority, and history favors the majority party's use of that power. The GOP also knows that its candidates are toast, and the party blown apart if they allow themselves to be intimidated by Manhattan Beltway media elites into failing to meet this challenge. The good news is that McConnell and Graham know perfectly well that Twitter isn't the country. Expect fireworks, but also expect a confirmation. Ooh. This from the Washington Post. Yes, an opinion column written by Hugh Hewitt. Yeah, he's very conservative, but mm-hmm. um, hmm. here's an example of what happens when um, the judiciary is taken over by politics. Um, I don't know if you, kn- you heard about this, but when there was a lot of rioting, I think in June, I think it was in June, there was an Omaha bar owner mm-hmm. who... Um, he went out to confront some rioters, specifically mm-hmm. one who was African American and was breaking windows. This he um, he was attacked. He fired two warning shots like into the ground. Uh, one of the rioters, a young twenty-two-year-old African man, um, started attacking him, and so he shot him in self-defense, and the young man died. He was originally, by the district attorney, um, uh, determined that he had acted in self-defense and declined to press charges. And then the Twitter crowd got into it, and so they changed their mind and decided to do a grand jury. Um, And the grand jury voted to bring charges against him. So he was charged with manslaughter, uh, firearm in the commission of a felony, attempted first-degree assault, and making terrorist threats. How all of this came together? Well, the uh, because he was white and the one he shot was African-American. didn't matter what the African-American was doing. Anyways, so he had $1 million bail. He was, they were, uh, they said he was initially planning on turning himself in today, but he killed himself last night rather than go through all this. <clears throat> the bar owner. The bar owner did. Who was presumably acting in self-defense. Yes, the district attorney. Okay, now you have to understand. So, so because they were chasing after him, they essentially caused him to kill himself. Yes. They created an environment that that guy didn't want to live in. Exactly. Even though the district attorney, Mm -hmm. who had every political reason to charge him, Mm -hmm. 
didn't because he looked at the evidence. And the evidence showed that he acted in self-defense. So that is very, very... Um, if, if, there's, if you're a district attorney, that's an easy one to charge somebody with self-defense, especially in this type of environment, because he could reasonably know that if he didn't charge him with self-defense or if he didn't charge him with um, murder, murder mm-hmm. manslaughter, that, there, the incre- that the rioting and whatnot would increase. And yet he still looked at the evidence and he came to the conclusion that the man acted in self-defense, so he didn't charge him, even though it would be politically advantageous to charge him, even from the standpoint that he he could uh, say that he charged him in order to diminish the amount of potential unrest had he not charged him. And when he said that he uh, didn't find the evidence, the political pressure came down on the district attorney office, and they caved. And then, to get a grand jury, you can get a grand jury about anything. All a grand jury does is say there's enough stuff there that to you bring can, charges to bring charges to move forward. It doesn't say that they're innocent. doesn't say they're guilty. It's just bringing forth, hmm. yes, there, uh, and how easy would it be to pack a grand jury of people mm-hmm. who would want to move forward with charges. So, this person's dead because of the political pressure. No, no, it's not. It's because he was guilty and he knew it. Yes, exactly. Right. <clears throat> I mean, but that's but what see, they're going to the, say. Yeah, but this is an example of what will happen if they start packing the Supreme Court and mm-hmm. everything is based upon politics. Mm-hmm. All that matters. It doesn't matter... If so you fact, are right. So there's no truth. There is no truth. Only what they want to say is truth. And it'll only depend upon who's in charge. If you're not in charge, mm-hmm. you are likely to be victimized <laughs> by a court that's supposed to be impartial. Now, isn't uh, Lady Liberty uh, Blind. blindfolded? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, it's, but it's who's talking in her ears. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So did you hear that RBG had a a dying wish that what? the next president could um name her successor? Well, if if it was something that she said right before she, she died, she dictated it to her family, okay? Okay. Well, then it would be accept um um acceptable as uh, uh testimony in the court of law, so It would yeah, it's not. If it's a dying comment, then it's not considered hearsay. Do you have to? Well, first off, okay, that's a separate point. Does it matter that what she wanted? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, no one wants people just to die unnecessarily, obviously. So, I mean, the fact that she is no longer alive is unfortunate for the family. There's no question about it. So, we are not uh, making light of the fact that she's no longer alive. No. By any means. No. But does it matter one hill of beans what she, who she wanted to appoint her? Uh, I her successor. I don't. Yeah. Why, why would that uh, add any weight to it? Well, because she's RGB. R, R, RBG. R, R. 
I thought, I thought no. that was a setting on your monitor, but uh, what do I know? It's a color profile. Yeah. Red, green, blue. Red, red, blue, whatever. <laughs> At least it's not black and white. Huh. So the biggest problem we run into is that the truth is now uh, missing. And we're not allowed it's all to politicize. Yeah, we're not allowed to say things. I mean, television. This is why this podcast matters so much because no one tells us what we're allowed to say and what we're not allowed to say. Yeah. Uh, Newt, the ex-speaker Newt Gingrich, uh-huh. was on Fox with Harris Faulkner and some other people. Um, this happened on that show. This would have been a couple days ago. All right, Speaker Gingrich, I know yeah. you have a final thought for us. Yeah, look, the number one problem in almost all these cities is George Soros-elected, left-wing, anti-police, pro-criminal district attorneys who refuse to keep people locked up. Uh, Just yesterday, they put somebody back on the street who's wanted for two different murders in New York City. Uh, You cannot solve this problem, and both Harris and Biden have talked very proudly about what they call progressive district attorneys. Progressive district attorneys are anti-police, pro-criminal, and overwhelmingly elected with George Soros' money, and they're a major cause of the violence we're seeing because they keep putting the violent criminals back on the street. I'm not sure we need to bring George Soros into this. Uh, Didn't he have the final word? (laughs) I was going to say you get the last word, Speaker. (laughs) He, he, He paid for it. I mean, why can't we discuss the fact that millions no, of dollars he spent? I, I agree with Melissa. George Soros doesn't need to be a part of this conversation. Okay. This so is it's live verbal. television. Right. We're gonna... Okay, we're going to move on. Uh, historic day at the White House. <laughs> what? So he mentions that, and the other two guests on the show, who are contributors to Fox as well, one of them was Marie Harf, who used to be the spokesperson for the uh, State Department, for John Kerry, I believe. Okay. And so she's now a paid contributor to Fox. Uh-huh. Oh, I agree with Melissa that we you we don't need to bring George Soros in. Why not? Yeah, exactly. What is wrong with saying You'll him? certainly bring in that supposedly Trump was uh, being used by the Russians. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. that the Russians mm-hmm. bought and paid the last election, mm-hmm. but nothing about George Soros on this one, which is, you know, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I think regardless of what you think of him, I think he's straight from the pits of hell. George? Um, well, not <laughs> him. Well, he'll... George. Uh, eventually, he'll... Uh, anyways. Um, he has the appearance of a lizard. Yeah, but it's interesting. As does Chuck Schumer. They they are um, they are fighting this politically political battle very. Uh, uh, they're using an, a tremendous amount of tactics and intelligence in what they're doing. In that, um, if they can't win the big elections, you it uh, you seed the smaller ones that most people have an impact on. Um, like for instance. Um, uh, the State Department. Well, if you get enough people in the State Department who are left-leaning, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter uh, who leads the State Department because all of the uh, the foot soldiers are going to go in the direction that the left wants to go. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, th- <clears throat> this article from the Federalist on the ni- the nineteenth of this day. Um, why aren't we allowed to talk about George Soros's plan to remake America? Robbie Starbuck is the guy that wrote this. Since 2015, George Soros has been executing a plan to reshape the country through local district attorney elections by pumping unprecedented amount of money, amounts of money into races that typically only see candidates spend in the low five figures. Here's why he has an interest in these local races. Soros is exploiting the reality that all politics are local in some way. To transform America, we have to transform the way towns and cities operate. A recent exchange on Fox News involving former House Speaker Newt Gingrich. Uh, Commentator Melissa Francis made the hair on my arms stand up because I realized how many people were either unaware of what Soros is doing or have been silenced by the idea that it's somehow anti-Semitic to criticize Soros' political activity. So this article goes on and on. You can find it at thefederalist.com. Uh, uh, but they lays out um, since 15, the amount of money that has been pumped into elections in Texas, Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington, Florida, and New York, as well as swing states such as Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Arizona. He said in 16, Soros spent $2 million on a single sheriff race in Maricopa County, Arizona, helping the left candidate Paul Penzone win. In Philadelphia, Soros spent an insane $1.7 million to elect Larry Krasner, the DA. Soros has also given millions of dollars in grants to candidates in other states. These enormous contributions have a correspondingly enormous impact. Why can't we talk about this? That's the crazy. I mean, and then the list goes on. If you d- go dig it up, I mean, $2 million to fund Kim Fox and her Cook County reelection bid. Uh, $958,000 to fund Joe Gonzalez run to become the DA of Bax- Bexar County, which is San Antonio. See, th- what's interesting, if if you substituted China or Russia... Oh, it'd be outrageous. It would be outrageous. People would be against it. Mm-hmm. But... Because the money comes from him. But why? He's not American. No. He's not a U.S. citizen. No, a Hungarian, I think. And he has boasted in the past, you can find it on the interweb, of uh, he was one of the people, talk about anti-Semitic, loading Jews onto trains. And yeah, and, and, and claimed that that was the most fulfilling time in his life. How is this not just a straight up crime? And for this guy to, we oh, we don't need to bring him into this. Let's not even talk about it. Mm-hmm. Speaker Newt, who you was third in line to be president. Nope, sorry. Right. You be quiet. We don't talk about that. We don't. Uh, we do. Th- th- this is actually, uh, and I don't have my bell. I have a bell, but I don't have a, a horn. Um, this is our actual 100th episode. Uh, it's our soft 100th episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, when you have a new store and they open and then the grand opening isn't for two weeks. They have a soft open. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're there. So, yeah. yeah. So, but we do have a phone call from the road. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll see how this goes here. From the road? I think so. What do you mean?
speak. Hey, uh, oh, w- welcome. Uh, you're live on the radio today. Who, who, who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Jay. What's going hey, on? Hey, Jay, how are you? Jay, I can't, well. uh, <laughs> I can't believe you're actually here with us. Um, kind of. Uh, give us a rundown of where you're at or what you're doing. How about that? From an official standpoint, yep. I'm about 10 miles west of the Minneapolis metro area. Ooh, and obviously you are on a hands-free device, so you are not breaking any laws in the state of Minnesota. We appreciate that. That. A- that is accurate. Absolutely. Now, one thing that, I mean, this road trip you're on, uh, you are on a Trump-Biden sign ratio mission, correct? That is that is completely accurate. Perfect. We are, we are east. East Coast to Upper Midwest sign counting mission. So, uh, what are you learning, Jay? As, as as you come in, what are you learning? We are we are learning that from Virginia through Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin, there was one Biden sign and countless Trump signs. As soon as we passed Madison. Wisconsin, we've seen an additional two Trump signs or Biden signs. Wait, you went through Madison and you didn't see Biden signs in Madison? We did not see Biden signs in Madison. We saw we saw two west of Madison, Wisconsin, but that that's it. Wow. I think we have more in the small town of Millbank, South Dakota than you've seen. That's terrifying. I can uh, what I can tell you definitively is that it appears to me uh, that from Virginia to Wisconsin, uh, all the way into Minneapolis area. Now, now I will say I did see a couple in the Minneapolis area, so I, I will say that. But uh, it appears to me that the greater portion of that area is very much a. Uh, shall we say, conservative mindset or at least interested in a second term. How about that? Mm. So uh, you were in the the D.C. area when the news came out that RGB, RBG, uh, is no longer with us. Is this true? Uh, Day after. Uh, So what was that like? Uh, I didn't notice anything. Just a bunch of flags down. No morning? There was not gnashing of teeth in the streets? <laughs> I did not see that. No roadblock. Oh, just that's fell. just on Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I got to say, though, it is. So putting putting all jokes aside, it is. I, I did find it very interesting that along the freeway, uh, keep in mind, I'm on the freeway. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not dealing with residential neighborhoods yep. on the freeway. Um, but it was very interesting that at very random points where no houses, just very random up on hillsides, we would see we would see Trump signs. And um, uh, it, w- it was it was almost odd. We would just, you know, every 100 miles or so, we would see kind of a, a Trump sign off to the side of the road. Um, and really all the way up to Madison, Wisconsin, we saw one Trump sign. It wasn't until after we saw a couple more. Hmm. Or excuse me, Biden sign. Ah, so here, here's the question: Have you counted uh, the number of masks worn by people alone in their cars on the interstate? <laughs> oh, 
okay. I no, I haven't counted, but I have. I will say I have noticed, and I did. I did notice one individual that had an awful lot of bumper stickers on their car, which usually means something. Uh huh. Was wearing was wearing gloves and a mask. And <laughs> alone, we, alone in the car. We are on the freeway. He oh, loathes himself. Here, here's another Trump sign just outside of Victoria. Excellent. BC, you're in Canada. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. So, <clears throat> give us your thoughts since you're here on the the Republicans' plan to rapidly replace uh, RBG in the Supreme Court before the election, or at least to try. Well, my my logic, sitting sitting any of my political opinions aside, my logic would be. I think that regardless of who is the sitting administration right now going into a contentious election, I think having that uh, tie-breaking vote on the Supreme Court is going to be pretty critical to going into this election. Mm Because if we have some election challenges or election constitutional law challenges based off of election, I think having a hung Supreme Court on any of those decisions is a dangerous place for the United States mm-hmm. and and could bring us into a position in January that that I think constitutionally puts us in uncharted territory where we don't have a clear definition of who the elected candidate is. Ah. Now, do you think it matters cuz the left is oh, Paul, I mean they're essentially blowing the tops of their heads off uh, with the idea that Trump how dare and how dare the Republicans even consider being hypocrites and push through this nomination in an election year? Well, the the hypocrisy. I mean, that's that's just a two way street. You can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. But well, of course they can. Say, well, okay, fair enough. Shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't. Yes. Um, I I think though that a good move from the Trump administration would be to find a a qualified candidate that would and i'm not i'm not saying this to be derogatory in any means but i think to find a qualified candidate that would be female of color um that clearly has a track record of being moderate i i think it would be a lot easier to move that type of candidate through um and i i think it would prove a level of fairness uh, and probably bring some sense of closure to the issue, but I, I think they're going to find something wrong with any candidate at this point. Why, why do the Republicans, why, why is it that the Republicans are the only ones that are supposed to be fair? The Democrats don't give a rip about fairness. If it's up to them, screw anyone that doesn't believe what they do. We're going to do it anyway. Well, we've talked about this countless times, I think, on this podcast, where you can't, you can't argue logic and rationale in an emotional debate. It just doesn't work. So the best you can do is try to is is try to act rationally and remove the argument from the emotional debate. And that's why I, I think if you can if the Trump administration can find a moderate female of color, I, I think that's going to take take the helium out of the balloon pretty quickly. So d- does that make it? Like, does it make the Democrats hypocritical if they don't confirm that? If he puts up someone that they can't argue with, then what's their position other than, ooh, it's just not fair? 
Because I don't really care at all if the Democrats think something is fair or not. Well, th- th- again, that's take that's bringing an emotional. You know, fair is is very um, subjective. subjective. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think you you can't you're putting emotions on one side of the scale and rationale on the other side of the scale, and um, it it doesn't work that way. Yeah, but the so, Democrats are never ever going to pull away from emotions. They're never going to go down to logic because and truth. that's the only place that they can uh, right, affect I, people. Yeah. Yeah, but my so my point is, I'm I'm not saying that you're going to get, you're not going to get Democrats to agree. But, but some I of think the a good political move is you find a moderate female of color right now, as fast as you can, and you put that moderate female of color up as a nominee, and it's going to be very difficult as a Democrat, I think, in power to find criticism in that without without alienating themselves among females of color. Well, but how easy is it going to be for them to say, you know what, it's not about the person, it's about the process? And do they have any any weight with that argument? Well, okay, if you want to play, if you want to role play this, then as any good Republican at that point in the Senate, then that's you say, okay, well, then let's go through the process. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's have a debate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. If it's not about the person, then let's go through the process. No problem. You know, yeah, but it is have, about the person. What do you have wrong with the person? It's about Trump. Well, it's about Trump. It's not. It's not about anybody. I mean, they, like you. you know, well, here we go. You, we need a female person of color that is that has a legal degree and has acted as a federal judge. Uh, how about how about he nominate uh, Camilla Harris? <laughs> 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 that would be insane. Do you think? That'd be pretty funny, though. What would she do? Do you think she would just be like, oh crap, yep, I don't want to be vice president. I want to be this. I, th- I, I bet you she would. No, because she couldn't stand up to the scrutiny of the Senate debate. But there wouldn't well, be. Well, she yeah. would get destroyed. I don't yeah. think so because ethically. Because if that was a power political move from the Republicans, then they wouldn't destroy her because the Republicans would push her through. But she would have to accept the nomination, and I don't think she would. I think she would. I think she would call that insulting as a political move. Oh, so you're I right. Say, I say it. I say it in tongue in cheek. Of course. I do think. I think there are plenty of federal. Well, I shouldn't say plenty. I would have to think that there are some federal judges that are women of color that are moderates that the Senate Republican majority could accept. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would they much prefer somebody that it, that leans more conservative than moderate? Yeah, probably, but I don't think that's the right political move right now. But, what, uh, see, th- this is where I struggle with the the differences with how the Democrats operate and how the Republicans operate. The Republicans seem like the only thing they're allowed to do is be moderate. They're not allowed yeah. to hold conservative views. Right. The Democrats right. are in. It, it's expected that you're a radical. I mean, AOC, which we played earlier on the show before you were here, she's calling for um, radicalization in this. If the Republicans are going to push this through then you need to radicalize she said yeah what in the heck why can't the republicans say screw you democrats 
We're going to put up the person that we got elected to put up. We're not going to be moderate. We're not going to cross the aisle because no one cares about that except when Democrats want Republicans to cross the aisle. Well, I have suspicions that's probably what's going to happen. But I, I think the, the more rational move and the, the better move would be to go for that moderate person of color. Um, because I do think that there are people qualified. I don't know my federal judge well, well but, enough, but I'm sure there's somebody qualified. But I also think that that would be the move of a method to attempt to unite, which would probably draw in an enormous amount of independence or swing votes and move the country in the right direction right now. Whereas if the Republic, the right-handed conservative and just create more division, all you're going to do is make the election even more divisive. And and what's it about right now? Is it to try to prove a point and be divisive, or do we need to find a way for the little wins? So, the the I guess, from my point of view, the issue is what is going on here in the country? If the country is just divided because of some political leanings one way or another, then maybe that might work. But if there is a fundamental uh, schism between the left and the right, and the only way that there cannot be that schism is if the right becomes crosses the schism to become like the left, that seems like unconditional surrender at the end of World War II, you know. Um, but is pulling a moderate conservative uh, crossing the schism, or is that playing a smart move for a small win in order to really win the bigger battle to not further uh, drag the country faster in the wrong direction? But I agree with you. I think it's more than just political, but... But I think politics have played into the social separation, the cultural separation, financial separation. I think it's, it's politicians that have done but, that. But for me, it feels like you're talking to the fire and you're saying, fire, I'm going to give you some wood and uh, you burn this instead. And then once you burn this, then you'll be satisfied and the fire doesn't care. It's just going to continue to burn. Don't worry about that force behind you just burn up this this uh pile of wood and you should be satisfied don't don't touch the forest and it seems like what the left wants is everything no compromise whatsoever i don't disagree with you but do you fight that particular battle for the next month and a half before elections or do like in a tug of war when when you're at a stalemate in a tug of war, if you just give a little bit, you throw your enemy off balance, and it allows you to win the bigger battle. But so, do you just give a little bit in the next month and a half so that you can win the next four? But this this position is until they die. So it's not like um, it's not like whoever you you put in there is is uh is going to be gone in 4 years or 2 years or 6 years they they could be they could be the deciding vote on something that will fundamentally destroy America sometime in the future right but, but, to, but mod- to me what that says though like that that forces 
you to make this count. This can't be a, a gimme. This has to be real. And I don't, I, I guess I don't care. Uh, like, I, I don't want a moderate. I don't want a moderate. I want someone that understands the Constitution and will uphold it as it's written, not someone that's going to decide how it's written and through the lens of today. Well, then the, so then I think the two options are you, you put, you nominate a moderate female of color now and shut them up or you give them what they want. You say, okay, fine. We'll wait. And you hedge your bets against, uh, you hedge your bets against the election that you're going to win. And you nominate somebody after the win, and then you go through the battle of nomination and betting. What? What about a conservative, an actual hardcore conservative woman of color? Yeah, exactly. You're never, you're never going to get that. I don't think they're going to get that person through in the next month and a half. Mm. No way. Do um, you? Well, well, maybe not. Maybe you could be not, right there. But but why not try? And then also. You can stop and uh, you can point and say, okay, this is, it doesn't matter what you give to a liberal. They can talk about race, they can talk about gender all they want, but they don't care about it. All they care about is power if they can't get through. And really. I I guess, um, I mean, I, I understand your strategy. I just think that you are fighting. I think that's fighting to win the current battle rather than the next four-year war. I, I think it has to be a little bit bigger. And I and I understand that the position is long-term, but I don't think a hardcore conservative is going to um, – I don't think that's going to be the long-term resolution because you're going to have the radical that is going to be in power eventually – I think you have to fight the battle right now, what you're facing, the enemy that you know, and and move forward rather than continue to divide and create a harder divide, which gives them, instead of giving them wood for the fire now, you're giving them gas to spin the election. But, yeah, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's it's interesting to me that the media for the last five years has been um, just brutal on Donald Trump, making him out to be this great conservative or this huge conservative when he's anything but. So it does. So my point is, it doesn't matter if if they're moderate, they're going to paint them as a conservative. If they're liberal, they're going to paint them as a conservative. Like that one article I sent you guys about um, the uh, the the person um, who uh, uh, that op-ed from that fake website. I was raped by whomever Trump picks to replace Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if they're. Uh, if they're if if they voted um 100% or 99% liberal but voted 1% conservative they're going to be talking about how they're a monster because they voted or they betrayed their gender or they betrayed their color or they're an uncle tom or they're a this or a that regardless of of like i i don't see how it regardless of what happens how it's going to unite but i do see your point that perhaps 
if yeah. you hold off some, this might bring more con- and not do it before the election. This might bring more conservatives. Well, there out. are there are two ideas that kind of are going back and forth. One of them is you do it quickly. You get someone through because that's it in case Trump loses. Um, or you get it. You, I mean, you get them in because if once that seat's gone, the Democrat potential Biden or Harris, whoever is the president, um, they, they right they get to um, you know th- they lost that option. So then it's going to demoralize the Democrats, and they're like, oh, why bother? So they may not come out as much. Or you actually mobilize the Democrats by having this fight. And so there is a really hard balance. Yeah. Of which side to take, because there's probably some merit on both. I'm just frustrated at a bigger picture when the Republicans are the only ones that are expected to give and the Democrats are never expected to give. Right. And I that drives me mad. Yep. Yeah, but that's that's classic. It doesn't matter whether it's politics or anything else. When you have when you have an argument with one person arguing rational logic and another person arguing emotion. That's what happens. You, I mean, there isn't, there's, there's no way around it. It's that way, no matter what. And it's a, it doesn't matter what the argument or the topic is. That's the way it works. Well, we need to stop it then. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> okay. Well, if you can figure that out, run for office. No, I'll write a book and make a million dollars. It's entitled "Stop It." <laughs> stop it! Stop it now! Yes. I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I don't know what the long-term answer is. I'm going to, I'm going to have to agree that uh, from David's perspective, this is a schism that is much bigger than politics. Mm-hmm. I think it is much bigger than current politics. Um, my opinion is this is very spiritual on a very big level. Um, however, I think there's a methodology to slow it down for the time being. Um, I, I don't know if that will produce any significant long-term effects, but at least it gathers time. Uh, and if we can get through this election cycle and then start to move forward out of a pandemic and bring some of the economy back, because I believe it will, um, I think it's at least an attempt to move in the right direction. But I think any move that becomes heavily divisive is only going to to accelerate the division and accelerate liberal movement. So do you think the left or the right is more interested in the Supreme Court? I, oh man, I think they're probably equally as interested in the Supreme Court, but for very different reasons. But don't you think, like, um, the right... will lift up the constitution as they should and exactly and not do things that are not in the constitution or um or go against things that are in the constitution and the left will fundamentally think about ways that they can go around or um if it doesn't say it then i can do it kind of thing so if if that's the case then then the Supreme Court justice should would be less uh, important because they'll find some other way to get what they want in the end that will either subvert them or dilute this um, 
this uh, appointee? Um, yes and no. I, I agree with you that I, I think the, um, the conservative picture is looking to find ways to uphold the Constitution. Uh, I, and I think that the left is looking for ways to modify or change or get rid of the Constitution. Um, but I don't think that the country as a whole is yet ready for the left to try to abolish the process of the constitutional uh, of, of the constitution by getting rid of the Supreme Court. I don't think as a whole the country is there's enough people ready for that. I still think that there are enough people on the conservative side that are going to stand up and fight against that. Um, I, I don't think we're ready for that yet. So I still think that they have a long-term game they have to play. And then the other question I had and wondering what you think um, the left uh, has no problem, and not not the the left close to the center, not the moderate left, but the extreme left has no no fundamental issue with um, violence or destruction of property or that sort of thing. If they did, they would have disowned Antifa and some of the things that Black Lives Matter is doing and whatnot. So the question is. What is the trigger that will make the far right uh, go kinetic or actually fight? Or I think you're I think you're seeing I think you're seeing that in some pockets now. With I mean, an example would be kind of what happened over in Wisconsin. I think you've got some far right radicals that are starting to stand up. Um, you have some communities in uh, some conservative areas like Idaho. Wyoming, where armed citizens are taking a stand against uh, violent protests. Why do we call um, them radicals? Um, I didn't. That was the term David used. Was, no, no, I, I understand. But why, but why is it interesting? I mean, because that is very much how they're characterized. But why is that? Why, why are you a oh, radical I if you want to protect yourself? I didn't use the term radical. I said far right. Mm, okay. Willing to use, and the other thing is they're protecting, not causing. So it's defensive rather than offensive. Right. They're uh, not going into the communities right is doing, to break stuff. But the but the the far left is doing offensive rather than defensive. Well, to, okay, At what so point get, are is the far right going to become offensive? Mm. Use uh, yeah, offensive I think, tactics. I think to answer to answer the question quicker than. I think the reason we haven't seen that from the far right at this point is because to answer or, or to, to loop back what you said earlier, the right, even the far right, is much more interested in upholding the Constitution. So they're not going they're not as quick to break the law or break constitutional law in order to uphold it. They want to act within it. But I think the more the left attempts to break or tear down the constitution or constitutional law that's when you're going to see more um far right and even moderate right be more interested in standing up but they they would fundamentally do it from more of a defensive posture rather than an offensive posture Absolutely, because it is defensive because you're defending the Constitution. You're not being offensive trying to create something else. Okay. 
<clears throat> How's that? By the way, I've seen three, three more Trump signs, no Biden signs. Wow. Now, are you through the Metro yet? Yeah, I'm through the up. Oh, there's another there's another Trump sign. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm about uh, 30 miles east of Hutchinson. Gotcha. So this was shared by uh, some people on the face bag that tend to be crazy uh, left. Anyway, um, yellers. Isn't that redundant? <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. Uh, it, it's a, 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 a an attributed quote uh, to Pope Francis, and it says this, and the caption is, this is so beautiful. Rivers do not drink their own water. Trees do not eat their own fruit. The sun does not shine on itself, and flowers do not spread their fragrance for themselves. Living for others is a rule of nature. We are all born to help each other. No matter how difficult life is, life is good when you are happy. But, <clears throat> brother, but much better when others are happy because of you. So is much our job, better. is our job to make sure everyone is just happy, happy, happy? Is that the goal of life, to be happy? I think it should be the less job to make us happy. That's what I think. Ooh, happy. I'm in. <laughs> so, so does that mean the antelope is much more happy when it's making the lion happy? Ah, yes, it should be. Okay. And the antelope is happy when it's making the grass unhappy. So, but, and the other implication of that quote is. They're implying that everything you do should make other people happy when actually a flower does more than give off a fragrance. It does tons of other things. Um, and yes, it has to be part of the ecosystem in order for there to be a healthy ecosystem. Maybe not flowers, but other things. Yeah, well, flowers for bees and whatnot. But yeah, that's a false dichotomy that a bad argument that's that's an emotion that's a appeal to emotion right you know like you guys were talking about earlier another trump sign i'm telling you they're everywhere it's actually we've become it's it's become a game for us to actually try and find biden signs Mm -hmm. and i mean I, i i'm not i can't make this up it's just it's it's actually it's kind of weird that it, it's so one-sided. You would think that after driving 1,400 miles, you would at least get some kind of semi-equal representation, and mm. it's just not there. Even driving through, I mean, well, we drove through Chicago in the dark, but when we got outside of Chicago, it was dark, and it was, it was traffic was heavy, so I wasn't paying attention in Chicago, but I will say that shortly outside of Chicago, we saw huge Trump flags, like in the Rochester, Illinois area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's weird, but it's very interesting. One of the things that probably could be best is if we were to have, if they, whatever, if there was a landslide, it would definitely 
kind of solve a lot of problems. I think uh, might it might create some other problems, but but they're they're already they've already dealt with that. They've already come out, and I I can't remember uh, which organization, which media organization said this, but. They said uh, the night of the election, it's going to appear like a uh, Trump landslide, and then it's the color is going to turn from red to blue between then and the end of January as they count all the mail-in votes and absentee votes, and that ultimately it'll be a Biden landslide. Are so, those the are those the votes that they find in the trunks of the car? Exactly. Kind of like the- Kind of like the Al Franken vote. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, th- so they they created the story, they created the p- plausibility. Yeah, the narrative has been created. And right. there's what six hundred attorneys around the U.S. that are going to file lawsuits, um, and uh, you know for recounts, um. So yeah, it it doesn't matter if there's a landslide. That they're going to do whatever it takes. Again, another example of the left having no mitigating principle in in their ideology that would keep them from going uh breaking a law or or doing something because the ends always justify the means it doesn't matter what you do as long as as um the end uh is the way you want it and the way you paint it is always one of righteousness and goodness and democracy even though um you have no problem potentially taking it away from people yeah but don't you think that they're walking i mean i think there's there's a fairly good amount of even moderates at this point, moderate left that are very openly and blatantly walking away from the ends justify the means and democracy. I think, or not ends justify the means, but democracy. They're they're walking more more in step with. We need to pull a little further away from democracy into social democracy, and and that end of creating. Quality is what justifies the means to walk away from democracy. I don't think they're trying to defend democracy at all. I think they're becoming more blatant and more bold in walking away from democracy. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they're they're going to call it democracy. That's my point. It oh, doesn't matter okay. what they do. They're going to say they did the right thing. You know, to save to save us from ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's a good answer. My 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 gut tells me that one of the better solutions is for conservatives to figure out how to get through the election without greater divide and I and I can't help but think that nominating a nominating somebody that would be very hard to poke holes at is the better solution. Um but I can see both sides of the argument. So But that I'm not sure. That- I mean, I understand that. That's like, um, but, you know, it's almost like preaching the gospel without offending somebody. Um, you want, you don't want to be offensive for the sake of being offensive. But... Well, Joel Alstein's really good at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Him and Kanye, man, they can do that. <laughs> Sorry. You probably have, to, probably have to get rid of that. Shoot. <laughs> 
<laughs> you didn't dead name anyone. You're fine. <laughs> Speaking of that, do you guys uh, follow Rogan at all since he's transitioning to uh, Spotify? No. Um, you know, no, ben. I, haven't, I haven't followed him much, but I think I want to follow him more. I'd like to see the debate, but it'll never happen. <laughs> that would be killer. That debate would be phenomenal. My brother, be great. my brother had a theory about it, about that. He said he had heard that, or supposedly Trump had heard that uh, Biden has, um, uh, he, he gets an incontinence <laughs> issue. It, it's because it's, it's anti-dementia meds apparently caused that. Suppo that's the that's the rumor. And he wanted a four-hour one because he knew there's no way he could do it without peeing himself. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Yeah, that's what, that's what dogs do when they get scared anyway, so that could be it. The, the thing is, Trump could handle that. Because he, I mean, he blathers on for an hour and a half mm -hmm. plus without even blinking an eye hardly mm -hmm. at his rallies. He He's a, he's, he's a comic. Mm -hmm. He's a stand-up comic mm -hmm. who can just BS his way through whatever. Biden would get lost because he would run through his platform comments and have nothing else to say. Come on, man. He'd do that a lot. Yeah. After the first 30 minutes, you mean he would work through his bullet yeah. point. Oh, yeah, if that, right. Right. <laughs> but if he talks really quiet and really slow and come on, man, and he'll forget yeah. about it and say things slurm together like this. It's <laughs> maybe, maybe it should be a Trump-Harris debate. That would be interesting. Although he would get beat up because he would be mean to a, a not black black woman. Well, and that would be a problem. I think that would be funny if he came out and said, uh, um, you know, basically he's going to debate debate the real president <laughs> or presidential candidate. Well, so next right. week is when this debate's supposed to happen. Really, the well, first debate's supposed to be next week. Uh huh. So the, the there's thought that there's no way Biden can do it. No way in the world he can't handle it. He won't be able to stand there that long. Uh, he won't be able to to keep up, and what that does is someone said he will have to fall ill, or you know something will happen so Trump, so Biden can't be there, and Harris will have to step in. Huh? If they're going to have a debate, there's no, there's a big thought. No one's going to have a debate. I mean, I, I want to see it. It will be phenomenal television. I want to see that debate, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. Probably not. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Hmm. I um, I have to get off of the phone here in the next couple of minutes. Anything? Why? Why? Yeah, what are you I, doing? What? What's going on? Um, I'm going to have to powder my nose pretty soon, and you guys just don't want to be part of that. Amen, what? brother. What? what? I don't know what you mean. Um... I have to go take... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> Well, thanks any, for uh, any last questions well, before <laughs> I hang up the phone. <laughs> Have you parked yet? <laughs> um, but no, just just thing is just fine. <laughs> no, just, just the, go, man. The just meltdown go. that I've been witnessing on insert on on the social medias because of uh, well, for, I mean, first off, they can't stand Trump, and now the thought of him having another Supreme Court justice to nominate is, I mean, they are dying. I mean, it's, it's humorous to watch because their, their logic just goes crazy. 
And uh, the battle over the COVID-19 pandemic response continues to be between the faction interested in corporate well-being and the faction interested in human welfare. Sounds identical to the GOP tax cuts. I'm absolutely certain the same dynamics will be foremost in Trump's pick to replace RGB. Which is funny. He did it backward, but whatever. This is one of our friends from Facebag. You know, another another option, and this would never happen, but okay. another option could be for President Trump to, during the debate, on live... Ooh, nominate. He could actually say, Mr. Biden, these are my top two choices. Could you give me your top two? And let's actually <laughs> sit down, you and I together, and let's have a conversation about nominating somebody you and I can both agree on. Hmm. And do that on live TV and watch Joe Biden wet himself. Oh, yeah. That would cause it. You're right. Because then Joe Biden would nominate Camilla Harris. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then who's going to be president? I know. (laughs) Well, thank you. Appreciate you taking the time on your uh, your, uh, sign counting um, excursion. Uh, Absolutely. You'll have to let us know when you're finished with this uh, uh, trip, uh, your final count. Well, I will. I will tell you that I did not see any Kanye West for president sign. How about that? Write him uh, in. Uh, okay. All so right. We're safe. All right. All right, perfect. you guys. Well, thank Thanks you. Have a good call. one. See uh, ya, Jay. Bye. bye. Well, that uh, <laughs> that's an interesting uh, commentary coming across the country. Yeah, that is great. Especially from anecdotal, the, the, but great. Like the D.C. area wandering over. Yes. Not in the the suburbs, so I get that. Not in the 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 well, maybe not in the downtown where people would have this them in their windows, uh, but along the interstate, very little Biden. I I I'd want to know how how long those Trump signs have been up, and if they're faded from last time. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Not just oh, that. Oh, like if they just got put you up. You know, or because you up. had the uh, Democratic convention mm-hmm. not too long ago and maybe mm-hmm. they didn't have enough time you know and some of or some of them are like there might not be as much of a well they're certainly not um as energetic support for biden that mm-hmm. they would have you know for even for hillary clinton yeah um compared to the trumps um <clears throat> And I'm sure every Democrat, progressive Democrat, is going to hold their nose um, when they go vote for Biden, you know. Um, So I saw some stuff on uh, Twitter that said, uh, like an article uh, where this, it's an op-ed, this woman said to her dad, it's you know either vote uh, it's either Trump or me and my and your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So if you vote for Trump, don't bother seeing your grandchildren, which to me seems like a threat. Um, and uh, it's amazing that people feel that they have the freedom to to say that and feel reasonable to say that. Whereas if somebody said that, it's either. Uh, uh, Biden or your grandchildren, mm. you know they're going to get skewered, um, and it, it, it's just the hypocrisy drives me crazy. <clears throat> well, and everyone's calling all the Demo- the Republicans hypocrites because they wouldn't vote, <clears throat> wouldn't even talk about Merrick Garland, who was Obama's appointee 
uh, after Scalia got dead. I mean, yeah, I think he died. Before he um, was murdered? Yeah, before he died. Or, I mean, um, after, Before he died. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean that, the, the argument I've heard, which is interesting, is first off, he was not reelectable. So uh-huh. there was going to be a new president no matter what. Like, so, someone. Oh, yes. Because Obama was done. He was yeah. term limited out. Yeah. Um, and the Senate was held by the opposing party. Yeah. And that apparently has never been done, or at least not since the 1880s or something. Uh-huh. So yeah. this time it's different in that Trump is up for re-election, yeah. the sitting president, and the Senate is the same party as the president. Yeah. So it's a different scenario whether they like it or not. It is different. I, I don't think they like it. They don't L- like it. Last right. time I checked. Um, yep, they don't like it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's that. Um. So we'll see what plays out with the uh, Supreme Court because I, I do personally feel that the because uh, nothing else I say on the show is personal. <laughs> uh, I, I I think this the nomination of judges, the appointment of judges, is one of the most important jobs a president can have. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, and maybe directing the army, mm-hmm. there is nothing else the president is. I mean, has that much impact in our lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some. Some but, executive orders yeah. or whatever, yeah. And but otherwise, there just really isn't, you know, much there. Um. So for me, who a president will, the type of person they will nominate for the Supreme Court and for all the courts that they nominate for, uh, is probably the most important thing that I consider so uh what do you think would is going to happen if the dust clears and harris is president um (laughs) and the republicans have a stronghold on the senate oh there will be no you mean if um like and the seat isn't filled and the seat isn't filled uh there's no way that they will get a radical through Mm -mm. no so they'll they'll have to or they now, might go four years without with only eight <laughs> Supreme Court justices. It's possible, hmm. um, because I cannot imagine that uh, the progressive nature of both Harris or Biden will put up someone that is remotely um, palatable. But I mean, don't you think that Biden <laughs> is less progressive and more um, uh, ambitious, kind of, whereas? More of a chameleon. Does, does he have anything? Yeah. Or is he just a parrot? Yeah, I think he's. I think it's about power and whatnot. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't see. But you know, with Harris, I mean, she's a vi- vile human being, and the reason why I say that, just one example. Uh, she's supposedly progressive. Pro- supposedly, you know, a woman of color. Um supposedly this, that, and the other thing. But when apparently when she was district attorney out in uh, California, mm-hmm. she allowed people to go to the electric chair or to hold convictions, even though it had been proven that uh, with other evidence that they were innocent. Mm-hmm. And she allowed, she allowed them to sit in prison and rot in prison rather than doing the right thing for political reasons, which means she's up vile human being you do that with people's lives you yeah. are you are a disgusting piece of trash mm-hmm. um 
I, well, she's to put not it mildly, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> she, she, you know, she's a human being, and she was created in God's image. Yeah, but her like outlook it, but. on life is miserable. Oh yes, and and I think it's proven that she is an opportunist. Oh, yes, at, at some level, because she, I mean, when she debated and destroyed in quotes Trump, or I mean Biden in the in the um, the primary. Oh, he was racist, blah, blah, blah. When, the, when what's her name came out and said that, that Biden uh, raped her. Huh. She said, I believe the, ra- the, the accusation, but she was trying to get the nomination. I, and so- when Stephen Colbert, Colbert asked her about it recently, her response was, and we talked about this, I think, on yep. the show. Oh, it's just a debate. <laughs> We're just in a debate. It's fine. Ha ha ha. That's cute. We're just in a debate. That's how it works in a debate. But that's so, okay. And so now she's totally flipped. And Joe, oh Joe, a Harris administration along with Joe Biden is going to be wonderful. I think, you know, n- now that you brought that up, I think she probably isn't a uh, progressive. I bet she is just an opportunist and whoever uh uh however she can get power whatever that looks like she's okay with it well the evidence from her early days in politics suggests that she will do anything including sleep with people to get to the top so then it's going to be about it's not going to be what's best for the country it's going to be what's best for for her Correct. well i mean that's at, at the very least if that's a case that oddly makes me feel better than having a real um you know marxist socialist fanatic as a president well, like she's okay because she could be swayed exactly exactly mm. So she's not operating on any uh, Or she has no scruples. Yeah. There's no value or principle that's going to hold her someplace. Yeah. Um, So if the country turned more conservative, then she would go more conservative. (laughs) I doubt that, but maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, there's a thing... There's spiritual entropy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the country's going to get less and less conservative. It's Mm -hmm. just the way mankind is. But... um. You know, just like uh, JFK, when he was president in the 60s, he supported a bunch of conservative principles. Um, I Somehow I doubt that if he was president today that he would hold those same principles and would be uh, a Republican, you know. Um, I doubt it. Um, because at, at, at a certain point, I mean, when was the last time we had a president who uh, held on to principles. Maybe Reagan? No. Maybe. I mean, you could say But But Trump. Reagan started the war on drugs, which has done nothing but destroy people's lives. But, but, but what I mean by principles in that they believe a certain thing, so they're they're going to do it regardless. Oh, based on that belief yeah, system. I based see. upon yeah. that belief okay. system. <clears throat> I'm not necessarily saying conservative mm-hmm. or liberal principles, but just, you know. Um, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe JFK, uh, because he got killed, um, he didn't want to go into the Vietnam War and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, maybe he had enough clout being a Kennedy... Um, 
that he felt he was untouchable or something. I don't know. Well, if he didn't want to go into Vietnam, there is evidence now that's come out to say that we shouldn't have been there. No, we shouldn't the, have. The attack that happened in the Gulf of Tonkin yeah. never happened. Right. And that was the precursor that pushed it in there. Right. That's why we invaded. And the crazy stuff, the crazy rules, mm-hmm. like you couldn't... Um, like for a while there, they couldn't bomb Hanoi at night, or it was something like that. For some s- stupid reason, yeah. So who was who? Who was the warmonger? Johnson. Oh yeah, he was. He, he was a vile human being. Mm. Yeah, disgusting human being. So does that imply <laughs> that H. W. Bush was as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he ran the CIA. Yeah. When Kennedy was dead. Yeah. Was offed. And supposedly he was in Dallas mm-hmm. on the day. He doesn't that. remember, though. Yeah. He, oh, sorry, he's dead now. He didn't remember. Yeah. I mean, the Bushes are vile human beings. Uh, I mean, just, just about anybody who's been president, I mean, you have to be a political whore in order to get the job. I mean, so, you have to. So is that why Trump is so, they hate him so much? I, it makes sense to me. Because he might all not the be. evidence shows that he's not the insider, a yeah. political insider. Now, he might be from a different angle. He came in a different doorway because he used to donate to them all. Yeah. I mean, he might love the power. He might be a power-hungry. Oh, I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. But in terms of... Uh, being a whore in the sense that you will do anything for, to get that right to get that mm-hmm. um i don't he's a different kind um but and and that's it's it's so strange to me when people they talk about different political people as if they are their saviors i know that know? blows my mind yeah yeah i i had a conversation recently uh with some family about that and it it was fascinating to me because i now understand the tactics of the left uh-huh the technique is let's poke at the 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 emotion the, the humanity of the right and get them to agree with us and so it started out with hey what do you think about uh what basically uh wasn't that horrible what trump said about the 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 military wasn't that so bad that he like disparaged them and called them losers and he didn't want to go to their grave? Can't you, isn't that terrible that he did that? Can you believe it? Uh, when did he say that? Let's hear the tape. Well, this, uh, when uh, th- th- there was, well, and they said that, well, John McCain, he called John McCain a loser. He didn't, you know, he said John McCain was a loser. And, okay, he didn't like McCain. I didn't like McCain. Yeah, I, the stuff I've learned about McCain, McCain was a horrible human. Yes, he was. Just because he played up this idea that he got captured and was a prisoner of war, he could have gotten released. Yeah. He chose not to because he was a coward. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, He's got a legacy that they're propping up, so that's fine. Um, And so Trump didn't, he preferred people that didn't, weren't losers, that didn't get captured. Okay, whatever. You know, say, say what you will about that. But what fascinated me is- and and the thing is, Trump speaks off of his off his cuff. So I think totally. He, I think he was 
trying to be funny or something like that when he said that. I don't think that if he if you got him and talked to him, he would actually believe that everybody who became a prisoner of war was a loser. <laughs> exactly. So come on. Yeah. And and so what what was interesting to me is I I said something to the effect of uh you know if if true okay you know maybe yeah but but the, I don't know if it's true yeah fine a non bunch of anonymous sources the guy in the Atlantic wrote it lots of anonymous yeah um so whatever if true maybe I said but then the, here's the reality though for me is we have to decide how important the president is in our lives. Yeah. Because if once we determine that, then it matters or doesn't matter what the president says. That's a good point, yeah. If our life is dictated by who is the president, then holy cow, it matters. Absolutely. But if our lives are dictated by how we are and who we are in our local families and our community around us, if that's most important, it doesn't matter. The president, yeah, he appoints judges, which is important. Uh, he can commands the military, which is important. Um Typically, outside of the last 20 years, you can't go to war without Congress. Mm-hmm. Now, we're in a war against nobody right now, which is weird, but, you know, whatever. That's another argument. But it was interesting because this was a conversation brought up by someone that will not talk politics or anything of substance with me. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see eye to eye at all. Right. In almost nothing. Right. And what I've discovered is the left has been mobilized to educate their the, the, the uneducated in their circles. Sure. It is their job. They've been deputized by someone mm-hmm. to go out and begin to um, stem, the, stem the tide, do something. And that is just fascinating. So for me, it was more fun because I saw the 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 process. Mm-hmm. I could see the the goal, mm-hmm. and near the end, which cracked me up, um, he said, uh, "Well, we can both agree that there's no pizza parlor selling children on in the bottom, you know, some pizza joint in D.C., right?" And my answer was, "I don't know that. I don't know it either way." Whether yes, it's true or no, it's not. I mm-hmm. don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But to claim that, and, and the the eye roll was massive. Oh, really? You don't believe that? I don't know. I've never been there. I don't work in those circles. I don't know. So for someone to say it's true, okay, maybe. For someone to say it's not true, okay, maybe. That's like saying, uh, you. at least we can agree, that there's nobody in Millbank, South Dakota, selling large amounts of of methamphetamine. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Well, you can't exactly. speak from yeah. ignorance. You mm-hmm. don't know. Maybe yeah. there is. But but what I what was fascinating in that. I said, I can't say, I said you can't say that. You can't know. I can't know. I've never been there. And the response was, well, I just don't believe it. Fine. Good. That's the answer. Yep. Say that. I don't believe that that's true. Perfect. Yep. I've got no problem with that. Yep. But to claim that it's true and, oh, we, you, clearly we can because agree on that. Because I don't believe something, it can't be. Yeah. Yeah. That's nonsense. That is nonsense. But what, but what we find, and I've found in um, a few conversations recently, is that we have no standard of truth. And the left does not want one. Oh, absolutely not. Because if there is no standard of truth, well, there is, well, it's but theirs, there is But it's fluid, though. Yeah, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. 
and it's subjective rather than objective, and it depends upon you know mm-hmm. circumstances and everything else. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it took me by surprise at first because this person never talks to me about anything of substance. Mm-hmm. And at first, my thought was, I don't want to do this. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of fun. And 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 I I would do it again, but I one of the things I said I said there's a really good chance that you and I will see the same information, and get different, Conclu- like think differently, come yeah. come to a different conclusion. Yeah. And and because of that, we can't. There's no starting point to have a conversation. Yeah. And I absolutely believe that in politics today, there is no common ground. There isn't the like, way it's looked at currently. There's not where I work. There's not a lot of liberals, but there are a few. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I've talked to one particularly, I, I say the same thing about being a Senator and I, I'm sure that there's a few exceptions, but I, I firmly believe that anybody who wants to be a Senator or the president in my mind is immediately disqualified from that position. If they want it. If they want it. Because of the things that they have to do in order to get that position. Mm. They have to whore themselves. They have to. There is no... Now, you could say that Trump might be different because he's a billionaire and he can do what he wants. And that might be true. But I can't... Anybody who wants that means that they want power. So Mm -hmm. Trump is no... He's not a, a model citizen for me. I don't look up to Trump. The only reason why I would prefer Trump versus anybody on the left is is because of uh, uh, basically more of a laissez-faire principle on people and society. Hands off. Stop. You know, don't get into the lies of people. Let people be people. And, but I've for the. I think Trump is a a horrible human being. I mean, I I do. I and if I had to tr- vote for Trump, well, I live in Minnesota, so my vote doesn't count for president. But if I had to vote for Trump, I would do it with my you know holding my nose. Um, but when I when the the minute I say something like that it like takes the air out of the the conversation in the sense of the offense or whatever because i am basically saying i don't care who they are mm-hmm. i don't trust any politician mm-hmm. i don't trust any of them and then you then you know um and then like what you did which is great is that you address principles bigger principles when you uh, mentioned about the president, what how how big of an impact do they have in my life? You're 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 looking at higher principles rather than the the specific straw man that they want to attack, and that's the only way that you can even discuss this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. because you can come down to principles that everybody agrees with, and they have to agree with, and if you come up with those principles and you talk about it, like, don't you like it? When you are, um, when you are allowed the freedom to make a decision, don't you like it? Isn't it better to have more money in your pocket at the end of the day than rather than having less? You know, or whatever it is. At the very least, they are going to look at you not as some wide-eyed, ignorant fanatic mm-hmm. who votes for Trump, but maybe a more thoughtful mm-hmm. person. 
Um, but the people that come out and and talk about Trump like he's some kind of demigod, I, I don't think it does anybody any favor, and all it does is it marginalizes people and it separates that divide even wider, yeah. just like the, the left does. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, it was interesting though because I I totally saw the game being played, hmm. and that is terrifying because unless you're prepared mm-hmm. and understand what's going on, mm-hmm. you will get destroyed because the tactic is. Oh, isn't isn't that bad? Can't you believe? Oh, can you believe that happened? Like emotion. I'm, okay, let's talk some details first. But to start there, yeah. oh, don't you have friends in the National Guard? Oh yeah, yeah. You have you have a big troop here. Yeah. What what are they saying about it? Because I've got a friend, and uh-huh. he is pissed, and he and he's a conservative. He's a Republican. He's not even he's not even like me, and he's pissed off. Can you believe it? And lots. And this drives me mad when everyone, anyone says it. When people say, you know, lots of people are saying, really, let's have some names. <laughs> I know. Who? Is it one person? I don't know one person yeah. who's going to vote for Trump. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, well. <laughs> okay. That says more about you than it does about Trump. And... Exactly, yes. <clears throat> so it, it's stuff like that that kind of is insane, but it was really kind of, it was fun to watch, but it was scary because now they're coming, hmm. and people that I never that don't talk to me are coming. Uh-huh. We got to be prepared. Yeah, and with information, and I do think it has to come down to let's establish a fundamental truth that we can agree on. Yes, and yes. there is none. Well, I mean, there, there is what. Um, do you like having a say in how you run your life? No, because these are the same people that are begging and begging Comrade Walls to tell them what to do about COVID. Okay, but but everybody will say yes. Now, then you can start talking about how wide that is and what are some areas that they can affect. Um, like uh, COVID-19, uh, I had a conversation. I had to go to the... Uh, the internet place up where I live, Mm -hmm. and there was an older guy standing next to me in line, Mm -hmm. six feet away. No. Oh, good. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. With a mask on, you're fine. Well, he had a mask on. But anyways, we were talking about COVID-19 and everybody wearing masks and Mm -hmm. whatnot, and I told, and I said, um, I can't believe anything that the media said because initially they said masks don't wear masks, mm-hmm. and then they changed. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they they did that is to manipulate people's buying habits. The minute they did that, I said, I can't believe anything else they're going to say because if they if they are saying things right now to manipulate my behavior, yeah, how do we mean, know they're not doing it? Yeah, again? How, yeah. How are they not mm-hmm. doing it then? Mm-hmm. There's no way. And and then if they say something about science, well, then you can say, well. The WHO says this. The CDC says this. You have epidemiologists who, with the same amount of information, with the same amount of training, saying something different. Mm-hmm. So then it comes down to you have the CDC who lied to me before 
versus this guy over here who doesn't have an axe to grind, who is an epidemiologist, and says something different. So who am I supposed to believe? So I, I, I can't the believe. The one the Democrats tell you to believe. Well, and technically the government tells you to believe. Because yeah. outside of a couple governors, and I, I'm not going to put Christy Noem on a pedestal of, like, the bastion of freedom. Because, yes, she um, did not think she had the, uh, the constitutional authority to tell businesses they may not operate in South Dakota. Wonderful. Awesome. But the thing she does that drives me mad, there was two things she did that were outrageous. And one of them, she was absolutely, um, uh, I, I from my understanding, she was... Um, uh, encouraged to with uh, from the medical uh, professionals, the medical world, like yep. the three big ones in South Dakota, was to mandate at the sign of her pen as an executive order under these this um, this uh, what they call it, emergency powers, whatever they got, yep. to stop elective surgeries in South oh, Dakota. Oh, yeah. Now that is going to have ramifications for years yeah. on people's lives. Yeah. That decision alone. And the, the the reason was, holy crap, we can't lose our PPE. We're going to run out of PPE, professional or per, personal protective equipment, which is the Fauci's reason for not telling people to wear masks, supposedly. But then don't do that because why, we'll run out. But why? I mean, you can do that, but then you can, but then you can do like what everybody else does. No elective surgeries for psychological reasons. You know, like I need larger breasts because it makes me feel better. You know, so so you you do a loophole. Mm-hmm. Anything that will uh, essentially impact the length of their life, but because it seems to me that some elective surgeries are potentially life-saving surgeries. Yeah, but they but they don't but but they're not. Um, it's not imminent. It's not emergent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they, it's one thing to to do that and not allow loopholes. It's another thing to do it and allow loopholes. Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. basically say, okay, yeah, you want a nose job? Uh, no. Unless uh, you have a deviated septum and it's going to affect your breathing. Right. Okay, then yeah, you know, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But that would allow the doctor-patient to make some decisions. Exactly. And we can't have that. Yeah. Ex- yes, exactly. Exactly. But if she did that and allowed loopholes, the number of surgeries would, uh, you know, automatically go down. Sure. They would absolutely go down. Um, so you're you're doing the same thing in effect rather than some... So, yeah, I totally get you. Anyways, you, so there was... So that a, drives me crazy. What's the second one? You said The two. second one is she's being held up by, um, by the authorities mm-hmm. as... Or, no, I'm sorry, by the media and the left is, holy cow, this is just phenomenal. She's perfect. Wow. I mean, she's the best thing since sliced bread. When she gets interviewed all the time, she says, my people in South Dakota know how to take care of themselves. My people. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not They're your not people. They're not your people. Yeah. I'm not your people. You ain't the queen. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-uh. Eh, wrong. Yep. So that makes me mad. I, I hate when any politician refers to the citizens of America as theirs. Screw you. Get out. Uh, I have a question because I don't know anything about her. Our. Say our people. Where, the people of South Dakota. Was she a politician before she became? She was our U.S. Congress person. 
and then before that? Uh, I don't think so. I think she ran. I, I don't know if she was a state uh, rep. And all. how long was she a congressperson? One term. So she two was years. I, I, two, I think two, uh, maybe four. She might have run twice. I, I and what was her qualification? Hmm? She's pretty. <laughs> She's a farmer. Well, Let's we know about here. those South Dakotans That's with right. the criteria for. <clears throat> Let's see. Let's go to the Wikipedia. All right. She was. Okay. South Dakota. Okay. Oh, six. She won a seat in the South Dakota House of Representatives representing the sixth district, which is. Uh, Beetle, Clark, Coddington, Hamlin, and Kingsbury counties. So Watertown. Uh, Watertown. Oh, Watertown. not including Watertown. Watertown is its own district. Oh. So around Watertown. Okay. Uh, in 2006, she won with 39% of the vote. In 2008, she was reelected to a second term with a plurality of 41% of the vote. Uh, she served for four years from 07 to 2010. Uh, she was an assistant majority leader during her last year. In 2009 and 10, she sponsored bills to lower the age of compulsory education in South Dakota to 16 after it had been raised to 18 in 2008, arguing that requiring school attendance until the age 18 has not been proven to improve graduation rates. I might be on board with that. Supporters of the higher age argued that it increases graduation rates and motivates students who would otherwise drop out. All right, then 2010, she ran for South Dakota's at-large seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. She won the Republican primary with a plurality of 42% of the vote against South Dakota State Secretary uh, Chris Nelson and uh, State Rep. Blake Kurd. Her primary opponents endorsed her in the general election. So, 08, uh, no, sorry, 10. Then 12, she was reelected for a second term, defeating Democrat Mark Varelek, uh, elected to a third term in 14, elected to a fourth term in 16. Okay, she was eight years in the House of Representatives. And then she got uh, and then a she bachelor's degree in political science after she had done two years in Congress. <laughs> Which is yeah. unique yeah. that she would feel yeah. like. So that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's good. Um, in November 16, she announced she would not seek re-election to Congress, but instead run for the governor of South Dakota in 18. She defeated incumbent uh, Marty Jackley in uh, the June 5 primary, 56 to 44, and defeated Democratic nominee Billy Sutton in the general election, 51% to 47.6%. Now, both, or Billy Sutton specifically, uh, refused an interview request from the interview podcast here on this network. Um, Christy Gnome's Why? people, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I assume he's a coward. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. That's my assumption. But you're and, making and that. outside of any. That's what you believe? Uh, no, well, outside <laughs> of any other contrary evidence, I'm sticking with it. Billy Sutton is a coward for not coming on the interview podcast. And talking about why in the world people should elect him as the governor. As with Christy Nome, the current governor. It's a coward. Um, she will be considered a coward if she refuses to come on the show. Now, I was reaching out to her old press secretary with no results. That's when I learned that person was gone from the campaign. Okay. Or the, the, the office. So, I have not had the information to get her new 
press people. Gotcha. If she refuses, she falls into the coward category. I'm sorry. It's just the way it's going to be. Oh, you should have a wall of shame here. Ooh. Cowards of the interview podcast? Yeah. That we repeat report on the David Allen show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. I mean, paint a wall yellow. Ooh. <laughs> yes. I like it. Just have a yellow tint on everything. Yeah. It's perfect. I like it. Uh, all right. So anyway, so it's that stuff that drives me mad. If any politician refers to the people of this of the people that they represent, how about that? The people that they represent as theirs. Now, a governor, they don't own the people. They make some decisions that affect the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They sign bills that the representatives of the people bring mm-hmm. and pass. So the governor is not the king. The governor is not the queen. The governor is not the boss and lord. Mm-hmm. The governor is a servant. Not of their people either. Well, so that it's absolutely drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You don't refer to the people that you represent as yours. But wasn't she the South Dakota Snow Queen? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Well, d- does that change your opinion? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not one bit. The top of drudge right now. Trump to Woodward. I'm best on judges. Other than George Washington. <laughs> that sort of stuff. What an idiot. Oh, my gosh. And he believes it. I'm sure. He's got to believe it. <laughs> when President Donald Trump sat down in the Oval Office oh. with author Bob Woodward for the first of 18 eventual interviews. Oh, okay. The president Is this brought on up- tape? I hope it's on I tape. I hope so. The president brought up judicial appointments four times and had a list of judicial appointment orders displayed prop-like. On the Resolute desk, kind of like he was cherishing it, Woodward recounted. Now, as Trump prepares to announce a nominee to replace Supreme Court Justice RBG, who died Friday night at age 87, those interviews reveal a president animated about remaking the courts and working with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to appoint conservative judges. Some of the conversations were chronicled in Woodward's new book, Rage, while audio recordings of others were obtained by the Washington Post. In a mid-December interview with Woodward, Trump boasted that he and McConnell, quote, have broken every record on judges, saying the issue is the majority leader's top priority. Quote, you know what Mitch's biggest thing is in the whole world? His judges, Trump enthuses, explaining that fa- explaining that faced with a choice between pushing 10 ambassadors or a single judge through the Senate, he will absolutely ask me, please, let's get the judge approved instead of 10 ambassadors. Well, that's long-term thinking. That's Amen. Good. In January, the president bragged that he had installed 187 judges to the federal bench, making one in four circuit court judges a Trump appointee and two to the Supreme Court. Quote, the only one that has a better percentage is George Washington because he appointed 100%. Trump told Woodward a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and Washington Post associate editor. Okay. But my percentage is, you know, like ridiculous. You know, that's that's less, I mean, um, that's, the, the headline implied one thing. It versus did. Uh, well, yeah, that's why yeah. headlines are um, yeah. uh, clickbaity. Yeah. 
uh, one thing that Trump has done, and it's all been in behind the scenes, is appoint judges. They have pushed more judges through than most. Here, here's here's one thing that if I was president, um, I would never do, and that is um, talk the, to Bob Woodward. Uh, no, not to Bob Woodward per se, but I might. Um, but there was a, a general in Afghanistan, Stanley McChrystal, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. He got uh, he he had said things to a reporter that was embedded with him in comment in jest against Obama, and he got fired or whatever. But the problem was, is he got too chummy chummy with a reporter. Ah, so what? I would do, if I was president, I would have the official uh, David around just about everybody. And there would be only a small handful of people that I would allow close, that I would uh, maybe give more private opinions to. But if there was a reporter... Mm-hmm. I would give interviews, and it would only be based upon the information that I wanted to give and how I wanted to give it. I would never Im- embed uh, a, a, a reporter close to me so that he would hear anything. I, I mean, I would be fanatical about the information that I allow out and how I would allow it out. Hmm. Um, because... This is this is the reason why because I guarantee you Woodward, when he was sitting there talking to Trump, he was saying things and acting like he was Trump's best friend. So, and what happens doesn't matter who you are. When that happens, you start believing that this person they laugh at your jokes. They do mm-hmm. you know, so you're going to open up more and more, and that's what they want. It's the same thing that uh, detectives and deputies and police officers oh, yeah. do when they're interviewing friend. somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't talk to cops. Yeah, and don't <laughs> talk to reporters. Right. Yeah. This is the David Allen Show. Yes, it is. DavidAllenShow.com. And episode soft episode 100. Episode soft 100. <laughs> <laughs> we just have, um, yeah, we're just going to have to roll. This is fun. Yeah. Um the uh let's see is there anything i just don't know what else there is in the moment oh 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 so i learned the other day that the, listening to a clip played by uh curry adam curry on the podcast the no agenda show um that in houston houston county whatever county that is um there was a council meeting. It could have been a city council or it was a commissioner meeting, one of the two. Anyway, the uh, there was a lady there explaining the rise in COVID cases in Texas. Because Texas, went, they locked down, then they opened back up, and then, holy crap, we're all going to die. Our cases are through the roof. Lock back down. Right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> what happened was, just this lady says, and uh, it's... Uh, I wonder if I can find the, if I can find the, uh, no, that's not what I wanted. If I can find the link to the video, I will put it in the show notes or in, in the, the body of the notes of this episode. Uh, if not, um, go listen to, 
the no agenda number. I I apologize for not having this number right off the top of my head. Um, I believe it was twelve seventy eight. Um, and it was was it the last one? Nope, two ago I believe. Well, twelve seventy eight was from last Thursday. Yep, and I believe that one. But but what happened was the 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 uh, testing processing center had no um they were backed up by a lot and actually here's the clip they play disagree on is our desire to use the best and most accurate data possible so this uh this uh clip came courtesy of adam curry uh, on no agenda show but it, it's terrifying when you listen to what it says about how they were counting these tests and why Texas got locked back down. And that's certainly something that we have to consider uh, when we look at numbers that were being fed and governments are using to actually lock up the place down. And what is absolutely unreasonable. Harris County, by the way. And might I say intellectually dishonest is to knowingly propagate false data in an effort to manipulate and instill fear. Unfortunately, I fear that that is exactly what has been happening right now. And I'm, I'm, I know that we're trying to be brief here, but if you guys would indulge me for just a second, and this may be boring for those non-data people, but I'd like to explain what I believe to be the source of the issue. Prior to August 1st, the data system being used by the Texas Department of Health Service, of State Health Services could not keep up with the volume of testing that was being done in Texas. Because of this limitation and several other issues, every single day, Texas was continuing to build a larger and larger and larger backlog of test results that it had not reported out to the local health authorities. Unfortunately, this backlog led to a very large underreporting of new cases when we were at the height of our pandemic in June and July. Now, fortunately, on August 1st, the state of Texas did a massive system upgrade, which allowed the clearing of this backlog that, by the way, had built up to well over a million tests at that time. So the Texas Department of State Health Services then started pushing these now backlogged cases down to the county system. Our county authorities, once they received those, were supposed to sort through that data. They were supposed to weed out and remove duplicate positive cases and then report out those results on the local dashboard. Now, unfortunately, that happened on August 1st. Now, unfortunately, between August 1st and August 31st, Harris County and the city of Houston made the decision to record these newly received backlog cases on the date they received them, not on the date the positive test was taken. (laughs) This is now causing a dramatic overinflation of new cases beginning in August. Now, luckily, on August 31st, Harris County partially corrected this issue with their epi curve in their COVID-19 dashboard. But still to this day, they have failed to accurately report our current COVID-19 numbers with regard to the threat level that they have uh, put put us at red. Now, let me give you a concrete example for those people that, again, like data. 
On September 2nd, I received an email from the office of Harris County Judge Lena Hildago. In the email, it stated, and I quote, the 14-day average of new cases in Harris County is 973 new cases per day. And the email concluded that we must stay at a red threat level. Just two days later on September 4th, both Judge Hildago and Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner tweeted tweeted out similar cases, new cases for that day, that combined to a total of 1,015. Keep in mind that before we could move from red to orange on Judge Hildago's scale, we have to be within a 200 to 400 new case per day on a 14-day average. But what they didn't tell us is that 1,015, those weren't actual new cases. Of the 1,015, 728 of those cases were over 30 days old. So instead of this close to 1,000 14-day average that put us in the red, the actual 14-day average of new cases was 272. If you put, to put those numbers into perspective, based on per 100,000 population at that time, that's less than six case, new cases per day per 100,000. And it is decreasing at a large rapid rate every day since then. Huh. So back to your <clears throat> believing what the politicians and what the people tell us. Exactly. I, I can't believe anything. They I say. can't. I can't believe anything. The only thing that I believe, like when it comes to mass and stuff like that, it logically makes sense to me that if more people wear masks, that more robberies will occur, <laughs> that there would be less spreading if somebody is sick if you're sick and you cough you sneeze it's going to stop it that that makes sense to me mm-hmm. i mean that that seems quite obvious now th- that th- is but, but, but this see presumes, that's the only thing right but this presumes and i'm not saying it is or isn't this way but it mm-hmm. also you we have to presume and believe that the way that COVID is spread is through spit right and, and if that's the case, you bet. Correct. If it's not the case, what are we doing? Correct. Because there is, um, uh, there's there's a guy in the Netherlands who has got a uh, paper. I haven't, I don't have it in front of me. That was peer reviewed in a medical journal, and about the aerosolization and this aerosolized spread yep. of COVID. Mm-hmm. Peer reviewed, so it presumably isn't bull crap. Well. Presumably, Just, presumably, that's how they. Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's not like me writing an op-ed and throwing it in the paper. But if it's contrary to the prevailing opinion and it's peer-reviewed, then you can really believe it. Yeah, well, and and it is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so what does that mean? I don't know. I think it means that COVID can spread in just the the breath you breathe out. It doesn't have to be in actual spit spit spittle. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, if spit is how it's done, then you bet a piece of cloth in front of you, at least at the beginning, will stop it. Here's what I want to know. What if I wear that for four or five hours and I'm coughing and talking into it? And then does that ever work its way through to where it can then, if I cough again, it's actually blowing it out from the other side? Or is this cloth mask that I have actually holding it all in 
and doesn't allow any of it to get out. I don't know. I'm sure it would allow some, but it, it would... It would certainly dim- be less than if I less. just blow... Yeah, right. totally. And so I get that. But that's in everything. I mean, is this now the new normal for flu season? Um, yeah, I know. Is this the new normal for life? Like, oh, I sorry. I mean, in Asia, it certainly is. Yeah. But isn't some, some of, like in China, isn't a lot of that because of the smog? Yeah, and here's were. what's fascinating. Uh, the CDC put out a, a warning. Mm-hmm. I've got family in Oregon still. And sorry there to hear is, that. I know, it's sad. And some friends, a couple. Uh, it is burning down. Yep. <clears throat> The CDC put out a neat little warning that said the mask you wear to slow the 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 COVID disease will not protect you from fire smoke, wildfire smoke. So then what people are world? thinking, what? Then what could? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so then is the whole point of the mask to stop you from spreading it or stop you from catching it? If it's stopping you from from spreading it, I can see. If it's stopping you from catching it, then it's stupid. This from CDC.gov. I actually saw this on on the social media, so I decided, you know, I'm not going to believe what I see on social media. Uh-huh. I'm going to go to the website. So I went to CDC.gov and did the research myself. I did the work, as they say. Uh, and here's what it says. Cloth masks will not protect you from wildfire smoke. The cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of COVID-19 by blocking respiratory droplets offer little protection against wildfire smoke. They do not catch small harmful particles in smoke that can harm your health. Although N95 respirators do provide protection from wildfire smoke, they might be in short supply as frontline healthcare workers yeah, use yeah, them yeah, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. So don't use the one that will help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And here's something else I didn't know. From, again, CDC, and this actually is from their uh, CDC's social media page. This has the blue check mark, so it's official. Both flu and COVID-19 can spread before symptoms appear. I didn't know flu could, but whatever. But what does can mean? That, exactly. Flu virus, it says, may spread for about one day before symptoms. I didn't know that, but whatever. While the virus that causes COVID-19, what's that? It may spread for when? How many days? Tell me. What have they told us? Uh, 14. Yeah. May spread for about two days before symptoms. So. And what, again. What, one or two what, days. What's, I mean. And what does may? Does may mean that we have a case where it did, and so therefore it's may? Ah, perhaps. Or is it, you know, yeah. <clears throat> I I don't trust it. And the other thing is, I, I want to get it. I, I mean, I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to tempt God by going out and having a COVID-19 party or something like that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> in a sense, I want to get it to get it over with. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Let's, you know what? A let's 45 will do the same thing. Uh, 45 right? will do what? Just do it and get it over with? Uh, you mean life? <laughs> 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 but if one of us, well, you run all the equipment so it won't work for you but mm. if i get it i'd like to do a uh uh a distant podcast a skype one Ooh, like to, to, to chronicle the yeah. disease i yeah. like it yeah yeah oh yeah that works because you live far away so it'll be fine yep. it'll be fine we'll just pull more masks on the show it'll be fine yeah <laughs> yeah you just have to do it to look good yeah <clears throat> so i don't believe 
it doesn't mean that this the the that testing is bad, but I don't believe the testing numbers. Oh. There's been enough of stuff like this in Houston coming out that yeah, these were positive cases. The problem is they got counted on this day, but they were actually a month prior when they got tested. That doesn't count for a month later. But then also this is another issue is how many false positives have there been? Well, I was commanded by an, a student in the medical world recently that um, they are the, the test is about 100% positive. So so this right, is a medical, medical, medical student. Uh, so somebody who's in medical school right correct, now to yep. be a doctor. To be a nurse, yes. Oh, so not a doctor. Mm, but they've taken classes on epi- uh, epidemiology. So they took one class on epidemiology mm-hmm, and, they know. and therefore no, they're, exp- they're... They're not going to be giving me any BS, they told me. Because they have done... The homework. The homework. They've done. They, they, they've done epidemiology the one hundred and one yeah. mm-hmm. kind of microbiology. Yep. And therefore, mm-hmm. they're as as knowledgeable as somebody with a PhD in it. Well, Basically, or more, or probably more, more, probably because they think for themselves. This so, same person told yep. me that. Um, because I said, "Well, why then do the doctors that I know think differently?" Because they don't really know. I mean, they, they're not the ones actually treating these patients. They're only they're not even in there hardly. We're the ones. The nurses are the ones that are actually in there. So all like so they have more up. E- education. Absolutely, than a, yeah. Than mm-hmm. a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, just tell me what. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. The arrogance of youth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, this is the David Allen Show. We should wrap this thing up. Uh, this is our soft 100, the soft launch of our 100 epi- 100th episode. Uh, and in reality, it's like our 104th episode, whatever. <laughs> it's Who's more counting? fun, right? It's more fun anyway. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions or comments, davidallenshow at gmail.com. Uh, if there was a uh, any value you gained in this show, if you made it all the way through the last two hours and then the last three years, four years of this show. (laughs) Um, We are working on a method for you to be able to donate the value in dollars to the show. Unfortunately, if it's negative, we round to zero. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it goes one direction. (laughs) So anyway, uh, the, the, the concept is a value for value. So you have, you got value out of the show, whatever value you want to put, on that as far as dollars throw it our way um davidallenshow.com is the website uh and hopefully we'll have that uh that donate option up very soon so please stay tuned tell your friends about the show that's really the best thing you can do uh, listen and tell your friends about the show uh if you have uh, any comments questions email at davidallenshow at gmail.com uh all the shows that come out of this studio are available at whymillbank.com because it's awesome that's it's why. awesome that's right <clears throat> Anyway, DavidAllenShow.com. Any last thoughts you have? Nope. None. None. Uh, uh, to, uh, yes, but uh, not enough time. Oh, perfect. Excellent. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DavidAllenShow.com. We'll see you next time on our the launch, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night. Any last uh, uh, toodles? There it is. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> A little redemption, August burns red. <laughs> <laughs>